Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie uh, Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington Jr. from the state of Florida, Daniel Hubbard from the state of Indiana, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, and you support from the state of Indiana and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just grateful for the privilege to bring your program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or you go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,700 live shows on that website at this hour and you will consistently find this radio show on pages 1 through 4 of that website. You'll find this show on page one of the website this evening. If you have any questions or comments from any of my co-hosts on this radio show, just send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance locating the congregation in your area, please feel free contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program this evening, I would ask you to bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, praise you will be my co-host on the show, Clay Phillips and Stanley Hubbard, as they break into our listeners, the bread of life. And also my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman, as he answers the questions that on the hearts of so many, we just pray that you'll continue to bless their families and support their efforts to continue to sow the seed 
kingdom. Father, we pray that you'll be with our listeners who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, thank you for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. For I pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For us in Christ's name, we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. In the first segment of the broadcast, my co-host Clay Phillips, he serves with the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, we have a question from our social media platform called Shout It Out on Facebook that my co-host Brian Christian Coleman, he's the assistant minister for the Morristown Church of Christ there in Morristown, New Jersey. He'll be answering our question in that segment. And to close out the show, my co-host Stanley Hubbard, he serves with the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Thank you. 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host, Clay Phillips. Good evening. I am Brother Clay Lee Phillips, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ here in Thomasville, Georgia, where we have been laboring for the last 40 years. And God has been good to us. We are a Bible-believing church. We believe in speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. We are church-bound for heaven. We're not guessing that we're going. We know we're going, but the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so one thing, Brother Steve, for the marvelous job you're doing and helping us get the gospel of Christ out uh, to a dying and perishing world if they do not believe and fight, follow Jesus Christ. Now, it's just good to be here on this evening. I would like to call your attention, if you will, <clears throat> to the book of Genesis. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. And I want to commence reading at verse 1 and terminate at verse 5. That's Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. And we find these words written. This is the book of the generation of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. The word Adam sort of means mankind. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he begot Seth, were 800 years, and he begot sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Thus is the reading of our scripture. I want to call this subject, if you will, the male man. The male 
man. Uh, the Bible says in verse number two, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam, if you will. Called their name Adam. And the Bible says, and in the day when they were created, the male man. I'm not speaking of the male man as in M-A-I-L, the delivery of package. Not speaking of that male. But when we look at uh, the etymology of the word male here in the text, it is speaking of to fertilize to fertilize, to cause, to deliver, or to develop a new uh, frontier. So here God is cre created man to understand that he is in his image, which is a powerful, powerful uh, thing here, the male man, M-A-L-E. <laughs> and what we need to understand now is what I want to do is I want to help us get back into the presence of God's instruction. Here is uh, the male man, God, giving instruction to Adam. And what the responsibility of us today is to make sure that we teach our family, male, men, man, husband, come forward. Listen, it is our responsibility to make sure that we teach our family. God is going to hold us accountable. We are to fertilize, to cause our daughters, first of all, God gave him Eve to cause Eve to develop, to cause our sons to develop, to cause our daughters to develop. So when you say, when I'm saying male man, is that we are the one that fertilize, if you will. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Clay Phillips. We're the one that fertilize the cause to develop man back to God. And so here we must understand and be appreciative of what God wants us to do. Now, when, when we look carefully at this thing, I want, I want you to understand this, that uh, when you talk about fertilizing, I want to, can I take my time? Take your time, preacher. Thank you. Uh, the purpose and success of the man is particularly based off of how he fertilizes his family. Purpose and success is come from that. How you know? Look at, uh, back up to Genesis chapter 2. Everybody now turn your Bible now back up to Genesis chapter 2, and let's see what the Bible says there uh, to, to, about God and Adam's relationship. Understand now. The whole purpose of marriage and management 
and the male being the man, and this is the man, so either woman is a female, meaning that she came out of man. So it is man's responsibility. God gave Adam the responsibility. That's why it is imperative that men understand your head role in the, uh, in the marriage. It doesn't mean that if you're some kind of boss over somebody, it means God holds you accountable to keep your family in the spiritual garden of his presence under God's, listen, listen, under God's instruction. So when you, when you are the garden of God, when you read Genesis, it teaches us that we must be mindful to, that we are under uh, in presence of God, in the presence of God, under God's instruction. So when you talk about the male man, the male is the man that have his family under God's instruction, which means that they understand they are in the presence of God. So in Genesis chapter 2, and the verse, if you will, uh, verse 7, Genesis chapter 2 and the verse is number 7. And we find these words written. The Bible says, And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So God created man first. That's not an argument. That's, that's the facts. God created man first. And verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a vineyard, or a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow. Now listen, this is what God done him. Listen to God. Listen to him. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is in the presence to the uh, uh, the sight. It's pleasing to the sight. He's man, understand that, man is in the presence of God. When you are in the presence of God, it will open up the pleasure to the sight. <laughs> Let me say that one more game. When you are in the presence of God, it will open up the, the presence to sight or to see what God is doing for you. Number two, and the good for food. They saw what was good for food. Adam saw what was good for food. The tree of life also is in the midst of the garden. And the notice now, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here we find that God placed man in the garden. Now, when God put man in the garden, man, if you will, must understand he's in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, what you are advocating, what you are fertilizing, what you are developing and cause your family to see is the, the presence of God. Marriage, the man's responsibility is to make sure his family see the presence of God. Hello? Make sure that man understands that he's in your family, your wife, your children, your neighbors, your neighborhood, your community. Your state understand that you are in the presence of God. And in God's presence, you have, now notice now, in God's presence, you have the sight of uh, that which is in pleasure. 
God. Okay? Now, understand this. So, the male man here is, number one, understand this, the purpose and your success is particularly is success because you know that you are in the presence of God. My, my kids know that their daddy recognize God. <laughs> That's about to speak. Turn them to Luke chapter 9. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 9. Everybody turn the Bible to Luke chapter 9. Uh, understand now, the purpose, number one, the purpose and your success as a father, as a male. Man, man up. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you, my friend. Man up. Luke chapter 9 and the verse is number 25. Luke 9, 25. What my responsibility as a father is to make sure, number one, that my wife know that I recognize that we are in the presence of God, that my wife knows that we are in the presence of God. Somewhere Adam failed to make sure he understood that we are in the presence of God because if she understood that they was in the presence of God, she would have never talked with the serpent. Hello? So now here, the purpose and success is that understanding that God is in your presence and God's instructions, it gives you the advantage uh, to everybody else. It gives you the advantage to everybody else. And there was a benefit of Knowing God's instructions gives you the advantage. Uh, come here, come here. Luke chapter 9. Let me show you. Jesus said, follow me. Jesus teaching the disciples to follow him, right? He said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and he said to them, all, if any man, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. The first thing that males, fathers, sons, Listen, come to me. Come here. The first thing you understand, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is a daily battle. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to take my instruction, if you're going to be a part, understand my presence. Because you understand that the, the whole concept of the male man is to for us to uh, get back into God's presence. <laughs> See, the, the whole objective, when, when we study from Genesis to Revelation, the whole objective is to get back into God's presence. Because we left, God kicked us out. Hello? And so, so the whole objective is to get back into God's presence. So Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross uh, daily and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. In other words, it is impossible for you to get back into the presence of God. Because if you try to get back in the presence of God on your own, uh, it is impossible to get back into the presence of God without Jesus Christ. 
let me say it one more time. It is impossible to get back into the presence of God without Jesus Christ. That's why, uh, now you, and we'll look at that prevalent. You might not be able to do it then. But when you look at when God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, he put the cherubim up there. And now, so from that time, God knew that man was going to try to get back into it. And, that, and that's, that's a good thing. That's a blessing. Because when you are taught well, when you are instructed well, when you have vision, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. So our vision is to get back where we came from, to get back to God, to get back to the God, to get back. So the Bible says, God says, I'm going to put cherubims up here. If man try to get back to God, come back in here, they will die. So the only way, the only way we can get back to God in the presence of God is through his son. Now I'm going to show you how we get back to God in the presence of God through this Jesus Christ. Okay? So it says, Jesus said, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall will I lose his life for my sake. The same shall save it. For what is a man? Notice now what it says. For what is a man advantage? <laughs> what is a man advantage here? Or in other words, what is your benefit for trying to get back into the presence of God? And what what did we lose? See, the problem is maybe we have forgotten what we lost. Man, we lost the presence of God. We lost communing with God. See, and it ought to be our heart desire. Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10 and 1, Brother, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that it might be saved. In other words, get back into the presence of God. A bad record. They have a zeal of God. Not according to knowledge. So Jesus said, For what is a is a man advantage? If he gained the whole world and lose his soul, or lose himself, or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, and of he let no resist, of him. Shall the Son of Man be ashamed? In other words, when the Son of Man stand there, come here, come here. When the Son of Man stand there and he presents you to God. So remember now, the Bible says, Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, gave himself for it, that he might sanctify, cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. Himself means the God side of him, not not, not the man side. It present to himself the God side to bring us back into the presence of God, the God side. Now, now, in other words, he was he was there with them on earth, but he was he was talking about the the God side, the God instruction side. So here the Bible says, Jesus, understand this now. What advantage you have? He says, listen. When Christ stands before his father, and if you are not, if you are not the mayor of man, mayor I mean man up, hello, taking advantage of the benefits God has given us, when he shall come 
in his glory and his father and the holy angels. He said, I want, I want to show you the father and the holy angels. Woo! Look at here. How you came back to me. How you came back to me. So now, and so understand this. Number two, number two. So to come back into the presence of God, we need, number one, there must be the purpose, we must understand the purpose, and that we can and will be successful, that you can be successful. Number two, we must understand that we need a help mate. Now, now turn back to Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis. Uh, let's go back to Genesis. Uh, chapter uh, is number, let's go back to number, number two. Let's go back to Genesis chapter two and the verse is number 15. Now, remember, we read that a minute ago, and the Bible says, and, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? Now, notice now, put man in the garden of Eden to do what? To dress it and to keep it. So understand now, here God, when man was in the presence of God, listen, when man was in the presence of God, in the instructions of God, <laughs> the Bible says God took man, took man and put him in the garden of, and to dress it and to keep it. So God instructed man how to be the male man. <laughs> Whoa! How to be the man. How to take care of your household. How, first of all, you need, a, you need to know how to work before you get married, before you get a woman. Know what the Bible says, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, say, under the commandment of God, under the instructions of God. Saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. So here he gave man his instructions. He gave man his instructions. Uh, not, not to the moment. Not to the moment. It was a man's responsibility. Come here. Come here. It was a man's responsibility to man up, to male up, to fertilize, to make sure his wife understood. To man up of the garden. And, and freely eat. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day you eat of it, thou shalt surely die. And we're not, not that he's going to die that same moment, but in other words, you're going to be in the process of dying. You, you're going to die. Your body is going, you're not going to have the tree of life to eat on to keep you going on. Notice in verse 19. And the Bible says, now notice verse, no, 18, verse 18. And the Lord God said, here it is, Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that the male, man, <laughs> should be alone. Because you've got to have something to fertilize. I will make him a help me for him. So here we find the Bible teaches us, number one, the purpose and success of a man is come through his wife. Hello? Come through your wife. First of all, you, you must understand that you are in the presence of God. You must understand that you are living under God's instructions. In other words, you do what God asks. And number three, uh, how can she help man? How can this woman help the man? Uh, so let me say one more time. How can, okay, let me show it to you then. And, and, and Genesis down to verse 21, it shows how the woman helped the man. Are you ready? It says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall 
upon Adam. And he slept. <laughs> I love this. See, when God, when you're under God's uh, uh, presence, when you're under God's instruction, I love this. Man, you can sleep at night. <laughs> See, that's why it's parents to understand that husband and wife do not be angry. The Apostle Paul said, "Be angry. That, uh, don't go to bed. With, you know, be mad and angry. Why? Because you can't sleep at night. <laughs> man, man, man up, man up. If you man up and, and know, understand that the male man. I'm not talking about male as in M A I L delivery. I'm talking about male as in M A L E man." Man up, a man that can fertilize. Not just talking about uh, a sexual activity. It's more than sexual activity. That is uh, procreation. But it's talking about uh, the prophecy, the understanding knowledge. And we understand, I'm going to explain that this way, not tonight. To understand the knowledge in which we have that God has given us to be able to do this. And so it says, notice that Adam, he put Adam to a deep sleep. When you are under God anesthesia, you are asleep. We are under God's protection, under God's purpose, under God, and the woman helping you, you can go to sleep. And he took one of the ribs and, and closed up the flesh instead. There are, and notice about it, and the rib. With the Lord God that came from man, he made him a woe man <laughs> and brought her unto the man. Hello? So so the, the benefits, number one, the more you must understand the purpose and the cause and success. Your success comes because you understand that you're following Jesus Christ, advantage and benefit. Number two, uh, you must understand that the woman is your help me. Help the man with whatever. <laughs> you, you're one. Number three, uh, how can she help you? Uh, how can she help you? She was taken out of man. That's how she can help you. She was taken out of you. In other words, the way you are, a woman can help you. Why? Because she knows she comes from inside of you. <laughs> Whoa! That's how... Uh, when the woman become impregnated with uh, the male uh, species or female species, must understand this: it is the the impregnation that brings forth children to face, to move forward, or to bring in. The children demonstrate the male man fertilization. Hello, come here. Uh, that be my time almost up. Hello, come here. The fertilization. So understand this. Let me help you out. Let me say this. Let me say this. this. A man must, first of all, learn to face up. Uh, when the woman become impregnated with your child, you need to learn to face up. Number two, not only do you face up, you need to uh, to move up. <laughs> you need to learn to face up, 
and you learn to move up. Now you are daddy. Now you're a father. You are you you God is moving you up. You you're going forward. And 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 in your desire, in your conception of moving up as a man, men in it, the world is going in pieces because of us. Because of us. We're blame the woman. And we're, we're look at that. You know what Adam said? Like, that, that woman y'all giving me. What? Adam, no, you messed up, man. Where was you? So the vision and the dreams of the man is, uh, is become uh, prognosticated. <laughs> Through the woman. Look, look, look at okay. Look at verse okay, t- look at verse number eight then. Let's back up uh Genesis chapter uh Genesis chapter two and verse number eight. And according to this, I got about ten minutes. Genesis chapter two, verse number eight. And the Lord God planted a vineyard, a garden in the eastward. Notice that. He planted a vineyard. God planted a vineyard. Eastward in Eden. So now now what I like about this is is that understand this. Is that your uh, your benefit is already there for you. All you got to do is what God asks. The marriage, God has already told you, I'm, I'm there for you. The only reason you ain't ticking because you ain't ticking. You ain't serving God. You ain't learning. Because the vineyard is already there. Let me show you a take. It says, and the Lord God planted a vineyard eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. God not going to just, just make you something and didn't give you. God got a room for you. God got a thing to pray for you. If you do what God asks, if you understand the presence of God, and you understand, now understand the presence of God is is to have vision. Uh, like, like I just said in Proverbs uh, 29, 18, where there's no vision, people perish. The marriage is perishing day because there's no vision. And I'm going to explain to you about Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, what the Bible says, uh, the young men have visions and the old men dream dreams. And then uh, it says that and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, prophesy doesn't mean preach there. That's a whole other sermon. Prophesy doesn't mean preach there. The the, the etymological study of prophecy in that text means uh, to believe something will happen. To believe something will will happen. To believe something will happen. Let me say that again. To believe something will happen. <laughs> Woo! Look at this is the girl. Look at this. To believe something will happen. So so when uh the word prophecy there, then vision uh can the vision can be completed and then the dream comes. Now notice now if you read it says in verse number uh, nine of Genesis chapter two, and out of the garden made the Lord God to grow. Listen, God, God will make things happen for you, and make things grow. God will make things happen for you. God will make things grow, if you will. Every tree that is in the pleasant, notice, pleasant for sight, and food, the tree of life. Also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God will give you the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. God will give you the knowledge of good and evil. There are a lot of folks that uh that uh uh think they know and don't know nothing because they don't understand the male man. 
Because uh, God, in the beginning, created male and female, created he them. Now, if, if you don't understand that, that you got an issue. You got a mental problem. <laughs> come here, come here. You got a mental problem. If you don't know God created man, Adam and Eve, and, and not, and not no, no Stevenson, no other thing, if you don't understand that, there's no such thing as uh, God allowing anything else to come out of this. God made man and he made woman. And don't be ignorant. You understand that uh, homosexuality, <laughs> read Romans chapter 1. We're not dealing with that tonight. And don't, don't be ignorant to understand that, that uh, I, I'm, I, uh, that's why the world is messed up now, because there is no male man. You got too many weak men that, that claim to be of God, and they are committing more adultery and fornication and adultery and, and living a life, and they want to talk about everybody else. Hello? Come here. Come here. Is that what you want to talk about? So understand that God has placed us in charge to make sure that we complete the marriage. And God, and, and, and listen, if you don't know that God knows everything, <laughs> he'll take care of that. And the Bible says that God placed man in the Eden, in the garden. So everything that man needed was there. Now, if you look at verse 10 of Genesis chapter 2, it says, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. In other words, God said, I got this. I got this. Uh, you need to be. Now, how, how do we as people today understand that the river, there's only one church. Let me say it one more again. There's only one church. And that church is the body of Christ. There was only one God of Eden. <laughs> one God of Eden. And everything that you need is in the church. That's why men are fading away today. Because they, they, they are in a denomination of churches, and they think that they're all right. Uh, uh, listen, uh, the Baptist church is not in the Bible. The Methodist church is not in the Bible. The Jehovah's church is not in the Bible. All these churches are not in the Bible. We got a man up. Male man, where are you? Be a man and say, listen, I was wrong. All right, all right. Last thing, I must stop. Uh, number five, God's instructions was to man that he in control and in charge. And I'm going to pick up on next uh, time, if the Lord's will, we'll pick up with um, the New Testament understanding that that is the press, put us in the presence of God. We're going to look at the spiritual equality of women and men. We're going to look at their separated roles. And then number three, we're going to look at the New Testament does not record any, listen, does not record any sermon or teaching of women preachers. Come here, come here. From a their same perspective. This is where it leads to because when you go, to, when you go back to uh, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, let, let, me, let me show it to you, and, I, and I'm going to stop. First Timothy chapter 2. Uh, I, I'm going to read that. 
First Timothy, the chapter is two. And the verse, I'm going to start reading at verse number 11. First Timothy chapter, chapter 2 and the verse 11. This is what it says. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach. Now see, this is what happened to God of Eden. We got a man up. I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to use authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam, notice now, for Adam was first born, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Notwithstanding now, she shall be saved and childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Come here. That's what the Bible teaches. And, and if you're not in the body of Christ, you're not in the church of Christ, you need to man up, mail up, and come on down here and be a part of the body. And what must I do to be saved? What must I do to become a Christian? What must I do? What, what is God's instruction for to be in the presence of him? Because God, Jesus said, you're a man must be born again. And when you're born again, you are born in the Christ family. Now, no one else. Must hear the gospel, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, and I make you a new Christian Christ Jesus. And remember this, keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Well, no, Jesus, hey, he will fix it, he'll fix it for you, yeah, I know that he knows, he knows what to do, take a moon and we never
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out that we want to pose to my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman, who serves with us. He's assistant minister with the Morristown Church of Christ there in Morristown, New Jersey. And we also want to encourage our listeners to get involved on that group on Facebook and get involved in those biblical discussions. Brian, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I can barely hear you. Oh, I'm going to fix that. Just a second. How's that, sir? All right. That's much better. All right. Now, here's the question that I have for you. Now, the question is, does God condone slavery under the law of Moses? And this question is coming from Marion R. Fox on, in the shouted out group there on Facebook. What say you to this question? Now, this is under the time of Moses, and first of all, good evening, brothers and sisters, and those who are visiting with us and, and on our show this evening. We'd like to thank you. Thank you for being a part of this program, and we ask that if you have any other questions, please feel free to let Brother Stevie Butler know, and definitely an answer will be given to your question. Now, related to this question, basically, does God condone? Uh, I believe that's how you put it, Brother Butler? Yeah. Basically, yeah. we know in the times of slavery has been around really really after man became more organized. We know that slavery existed because we see in the book of Exodus where the children of Israel found themselves in slavery after they had gained so many people in, the, in their camp. And as they were in go, down there with, the, with themselves, basically the Pharaoh, who did not know Joseph, and, and, said, and looked and said, well, Basically, these folk, if, they, if we have a war with someone else, they'll join their army against us. So they put them in hard bondage, which is slavery. From there, they tried different ways to try to keep them from multiplying. But God still blessed the children of Israel from multiplying. Now, we know as we see today, slavery is wrong. We know that basically from history. We know that in a lot of different sections of the world. We know that slavery is is wrong, and basically during that time, remember this is the early days of the of the children of Israel. After they had left bondage, they did not hold any slaves or any of that, even during the times of Joshua and the other leaders of Israel. But we see it kept on growing. Now God really didn't say anything on slavery from from my readings in the last couple of days, but we see later on in the Bible we go to the book of Philemon. We see that that's a personal letter. It's not to a church. It's not to a group of people. It's to an individual because one of his slaves had ran away and had met Paul. And Paul taught him the word because the actual slaveholder was a member of the church. And he instructed uh, Philemon, who was the man who was the, the slave owner, to, take him, to accept him back as a brother. And basically, from there, we see that um, basically he encouraged him, accept him back as a brother, accept him as someone equal to you, as a person, as a member, as a member of the church, and everything. So God never has condoned slavery, but man has brought slavery into motion. When man conquered a nation or conquered a group of people, he took them under his realm of of influence and made them slaves. We see this later on, and, and years later on, we see this in Africa. When one tribe defeated another tribe, 
He, they took those, those particular people and made them slaves and sold them out. That's basically how the world slave trade started way back, way back in, I believe, the 13 or 1400s. That's how Africans became slaves and came to America, because Africans actually was holding on to Africans as slaves. But God never, never has condoned it, never has said it's okay, it is wrong. And I encourage people today, we need to learn, all of us need to learn our history because everybody, from my understanding and from my reading, from the Germans to the English to the Americans, everybody has been a slave sometime in their past. But many times we don't want to look at the past. We just want to stay on our future and our present and our future conquest and don't even think about that whites have been slaves themselves years ago. We know blacks have been slaves, but Hispanics have been slaves. All different nations have been slaves one and one time or another in the history of the world. And that's why it's so important for us to put aside all the things that we've done wrong. And we need to remember these things because, remember, God is going to judge us for what we've done and what we've done wrong in our body, what we've done right or wrong. And we need to get away from this skin issue of black and white and everything because God only sees just the inner side of the man. He does not look at the outside of man as others do, but he looks at the inward part of man. He sees the heart, the heart which is the seat of understanding. And from there, he basically will judge us from our heart, not from our skin. And we need to get away from this uh a white church and black church and this church. Basically, we all are part of the same church. And this idea of staying to ourselves being black or staying to ourselves being white or staying to ourselves and being Hispanic, whatever it may be, it is wrong in the sight of God. That's why we need to put aside all of this bickery that we're seeing around now. And we need to focus on the fact that we serve a God who is colorblind. Now, I hope you understand what I mean. Colorblind meaning he doesn't look at the, at the outward man. He looks at the heart of man, and we need to get away from that. So I've answered the question, I believe, to the best of my ability, that God is not concerned about slavery came by man. God never instituted slavery. Hello? You will not find any scripture in the Bible where God instituted slavery. You won't find it, but you'll find where man has instituted slavery. That lets you know that God is not about slavery. And thank God slavery is over in most of this world, but there are still some countries overseas in Africa and other locations that still are condoning slavery. And it is wrong. That's what that's that's my answer to your question, uh, Brother Stevie. I pray that I have answered it to the best of my ability. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening and look forward to the second part of our, our sermon uh, this evening that God may bless you, keep you, and direct you in your lives. Thank you very much. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Gospel Light Radio Show. On Tuesday, we host the live show, What a Word in the Lord Radio Show. That show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. The second Tuesday of the month, we'll have a special guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ. We'll be making that proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And also during that show, we have the Green Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. Also, I have two co-hosts on that show, Luke Gilbert. He's the manager for the Oakbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins. He serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the third Tuesday of the month, my co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She served the Great Road Church of Christ there in Cincinnati, Ohio. She'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And on the fourth Tuesday, of the month, my co-host Kelly Fletcher. She's served with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. Then on every Thursday, we have a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. This show will air from six to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, five to seven p.m. Central Standard Time, and I have eight co-hosts on that show. We'll be making that proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And also on Friday, we have the Gospel. Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. We air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. This show is a 2022 recipient for the Academy National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Arts Award, Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. We'll be featuring new music on that broadcast, also artist interviews and producers and writers as well on that broadcast. We also have the Top 20 Countdown Show that we'll be doing every third Friday of the month. And also, if you'd like to become a sponsor of these radio shows, just get in contact with Michelle Marco. She's my sponsorship manager from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B Me Production is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to The Gospel Live radio show. My co-host, Stanley Hilbert, is up next. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Stanley Hubbard. Well, bless you, bless you today. This is Brother Hubbard of the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ in the great city of Indianapolis, Indiana. We thank God for the opportunity for us to share together in the word of the living God. I challenge you whenever you have an opportunity to come to Indianapolis, make sure you find your way to the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ. We're a church where God is glorified. The saints here are sanctified and our lives are changed. <clears throat> share a word with you out of the book of Hebrews as I begin to anticipate sharing this word with you. I want to challenge you to be aware that there's a weapon that you could not beat. I want to share with you death, the weapon you could not beat. I want you to hear the words of the Hebrew writer as he writes to us from the book of Hebrews chapter 2, beginning at verse number 5. Hear the words of this great writer. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we're speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left them nothing that is not subject to them. Yet, at present, we don't see everything subject to them. What's the answer? Verse 9. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I want you to know that this text gives insight to why the Lord had to come. He came because we had an enemy. Do you understand your enemy? We actually, according to Ephesians chapter 2, have three enemies. He says in Ephesians 2, beginning at verse number 2, in which you used to live when you were followed by the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Paul identifies the threefold battle that we have. You're not just fighting with the devil. You're fighting with your flesh. You're fighting with the devil. And you're fighting with the ideology of the world that you're living in. If you're not going, if you're going to be entangled in a war, you must understand your enemy. It is equally important to fully comprehend your enemy's weapons. Devil. We're fighting with the devil, yes, but the word devil is the word diabolos. And, and the word diabolos identifies, the word literally means to slander. And that actually identifies the two core tasks that Satan has. He slanders God in front of us. And he slanders us in front of God. We should all understand that. If your enemy's greatest weapon was an atomic bomb or a grenade or nuclear bomb, you should, you should know that's the case of what you're fighting against. Do you know the devil's greatest weapons? 
He actually, in the case of Job, the Bible sees that God, the devil, slandered Job in front of God. He basically said, God, Job don't love you. He only does this stuff for you because what you do for him. And the moment you stop blessing him, he'll stop loving you. He slandered Job in front of God. In the same context, he slandered God in front of Eve. He told Eve, didn't God say you can eat of every tree in the garden? Eve said, every tree but the tree in the midst of the garden, or will surely die. And the devil said, you should not surely die. God knows the day you enter this tree, you will be like him. That's slander. He's saying to Eve that God don't care nothing about you. All God's trying to do is trying to control you. If you want to be like God, all you got to do is eat of this tree. The devil slanders us in front of God and slanders us, slanders God rather, in front of us. Before examine this, let's understand how we got where we are and how messed up things really are. So I want you to understand this lesson in some four basic concepts. We broke it. He showed it, he flowed it, and he throwed it. That means we sinned, he came to show us, he solved our problem, and now we win. First of all, I identified we broke it. We broke it. He shared in our sickness to regain what we actually had given up. You and I were made to dominate this world. Did you hear what verse 8 said? He put everything under your feet and putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, you don't even see yourself in the position of power where all things are subject to you anymore. You and I were made to dominate this world. Genesis said God made man to have dominion, which means to rule, to govern, to command, to master, to lead, and to dominate. In other words, God made us to be in charge. It is the nature of man to be in charge. It's the nature of, of man to be the leader and to be in control. That's why you don't like people telling you what to do. You are made to control. You're made to dominate. You're made to rule, made to dominate the earth and all the things in the earth, not the people, not men dominate your wives and men dominate your children. It's men and women are made to dominate this earth. It's not leading if it's about controlling based on your ignorance. We're called to lead like God. You know what God does? He loves the church into submission. He loves the church into submission. He doesn't threaten us. I don't worship God because he's going to send a lightning bolt to my house. I worship God because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance or to change. Everything, friend, initially... What God made, everything was made to respect and value you and me, mankind. You were made for greatness, to be the head and not the tail, to, to win and not to lose, to overcome even with strain, failure, disappointment, fear, anger, depression, anxiety, distrust, hate, pain. That was not made for us. Those are negative emotions that came after man's sin. Adam, or Ish, his name, knew no failure, and everything respected and valued him. The wind respected Adam, the birds, the oceans, the beasts, the land, sea, and air. Anything on land, everything in the sea, everything in the air respected Adam. Sharks, lions, bears, pythons, anacondas, ants, ticks, eagles, weaving the weather. When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost everything. So we inherited what was a broken system. They gave their children their own brokenness. We actually give the devil credit for things he don't deserve. 
the devil's on my job, and the devil's trying to stop my car. My devil's working, trying to give me a hard time in my family. I got a devil living next door to my house. The devil's in the alcohol. The devil's in the drugs. The devil's in the bill collectors. The devil's in the politicians. It's social media devil's degrading me. You, you can begin to think the devil's biggest mission is to frustrate your life. To hurt your feelings and ruin your plans for a great success. I was going to have a successful business, but the devil blocked my business. The devil don't care about you having no business. Yes, Satan has power. But if you don't understand his power, how can you possibly plan to win? Satan is the author of sin, the author of rebellion. And sin brings us death. Satan exercises power in the realm of death. The devil uses the fear of death. To control you. Stop fearing death. Yes. We broke it. We broke it. But next of all, we identified he showed it. He showed up in our fight. The text gives the impression we through our parents, Adam and Eve, lost everything. Angels, friend, cannot die. And when they sin, there is no forgiveness. Jesus, Jesus did not come to save angels. But to save us, to save us, he had to be like us. He had to be in the same realm as we're in. Through his death, he could defeat Satan by going to the place of death. Verse 14 said, all humans have flesh and blood. The text says Jesus partook, partook or shared. The word means to take hold of something that's not naturally yours. We, by nature, are flesh and blood. Christ willingly took hold of something, flesh and blood, which did not naturally belong to him. He added himself to our nature in order that he might die in our place, that we might take hold of the divine nature that did not belong to us. He took what was not his and gave us what was not ours. Once he came here, he first took back what he, what he had lost. Do you know how, how powerful you used to be? If you want to know the kind of power we would have had before sin, all you got to do is see what Jesus did. When you see what he did, you see what we were like. The Bible says that he went out on a storm. He said, peace be. He spoke to the wind. Peace be still. And the wind calmed down. That's the kind of power Adam had. The Bible says he made this, the water like a street. He walked on water. He had the power to tell the water to hold him up. So you can walk on the water. Matter of fact, he did even more than that. The Bible says that one time they asked him about paying taxes in Matthew chapter 17. And Jesus had a fish bring some money to give the pay to taxes. In Luke chapter 5, Peter's out there fishing. Had, had just come in from fishing all day and all, all night long, rather. He tells them, drop your nets. Well, Peter says, Lord, we've been fishing all night. Which basically says, Lord, you don't understand how fishing happens. we got to get out in the water. we got to slow the net down. Let the net pad fan all out. And we go for a period of time. And we pull it back in and catch the fish. You don't just drop the net outside the boat and pick up no fish. No, he didn't understand. He's talking to Jesus. What Jesus did, he told the net, the fish, to jump inside of the net. Birds even listened to what he had to say. The Bible identifies he set an alarm clock on a rooster, the crow, to remind Peter that Peter just denied him. He, de he, he had a domesticated donkey wait for someone to come and get him so he can ride the donkey like an Uber in a town. Wild beasts, when he was tempted, were there with him. I want you to know all the power he had when he was here is the same kind of power that Adam had before. He destroyed. He broke the power 
uh, uh, the Bible says. The word means to render inoperative. He, he rendered the devil inoperative. He did not annihilate him, but he made him of no effect. Jesus shut it down. He shut it all down. Yes, we broke it, but praise the Lord, he showed it. And then after that, I want you to see, he, he fixed it for us. He, he, he showed up in our problem and he fixed it. And then after that, he takes us further. He showed out on our benefit so he can win our battle and set us free. To save us, Jesus had to leave a spiritual realm and come to a physical realm. If you have more powerful weapons than your enemy, his weapon becomes useless. Friend, you can't fight somebody with an M16 if all you got is a spear. Satan's weapon is extremely powerful, but the weapon that God had is even more powerful than that. Eternal life, and with it, Jesus destroyed death. See, Satan's power over us had to be broken in order for us to be brought to God. His primary power over us and the supreme weapon the devil had is death. Sin gives Satan his power over us, but the power itself is death. See, Satan is the author. He's the author of sin, and sin brings death. So in this sense, Satan exercises power in the realm of death. The death uses the fear. The devil uses the fear of death as a control weapon, as a terrible weapon to gain control over the lives of people. His kingdom is one of darkness and death. We who trust in Jesus have been delivered from Satan's authority and from the fear of death. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ has given us victory. Death was the most certain fact of life. All people die. Satan knew that people who stay out of fellowship with God would die and go out of the presence of God into a hell situation. All the devil wants to do. It's hold on to you until you die. Because once you are dead, the opportunity for salvation is gone forever. Men cannot escape death or escape after death. Houdini tried that, but, but it didn't work. Why? Because you can't fly without a plane and you can't come back without a body. So therefore, the goal of the devil is really to keep you out there. This is not personal. If you find yourself stuck in a room with a hungry lion, it ain't personal. You just look like a meal. The devil is not out to get you more than anybody else. Mess up your plans and mess up your family and mess up your relationship. All the devil is trying to do is get you to leave God long enough where you will lose your soul. That's his only plan. That's his only agenda. And everything he does is based on the premise of getting you to the place that that's what you actually do. You see, the only way, the, the way to destroy Satan is to rob him of his weapon, death. Physical death, spiritual death, eternal death. Satan knew God required death because of sin. And for that reason, the devil tries to use death on you. Stop being afraid of death and thank God that Jesus took away the power of death. And so the text concludes by saying, we won out. He throwed it away. He ha we have victory over death now. The devil uses FOMO to get to you now. Yes. You're fighting a world, and the, and the challenge the devil used against us is the same thing he used against Eve. We call it FOMO, F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out. The devil impacts my fear of missing out and the fear of death. 
We, we have this dual battle like our mother Eve had. See, Eve was told by the devil, see, God's trying to keep something from you. See, the, the God knows the moment you eat of this tree, you'll be like him. Snap, she says. Oh, wow. So you're saying that God is trying to keep something from me. I got the fear of missing out. I'm going to take that fruit because I'm missing out on something. Friend, understand that the devil is using the same trick on you right now. The way to eternal life is through resurrection, but the way to resurrection is through death. Sometimes people say, why did God take your mother, and why did that happen, so and so? How could God let that happen? Everybody dies. Everybody. It may be early, it may be late, you may not know when or where, but we will all die. And even the idea that God didn't start death, we started death. When Adam and Eve sinned, death came into the world. It's our fault. And we've carried that consequence. Stop blaming God for something God did not do. We broke it. But he showed up and came like us. And he flowed. He showed out and died for us. And he throwed it. He won out over death. Now, death, where is your sting? Death. I ain't afraid of death. I'm a child of the living king. He has saved me. He has protected me. He's put me in a place that the worst thing can happen in my life is I get to go home. Don't let the devil trick you. He don't mind if you're a successful business person if it keeps you from God. He don't mind if you make a lot of bunch of money because it'll keep you from God. He don't mind you taking your cruise trips and your vacations and, and now you finally got the money. You can travel all over the world. You ain't got to worship God no more. You can forget about God because I've made it. I've arrived. It's a trick. The greatest weapon the devil has is to get you to stay away from God until you die. Don't let him trick you and steal your soul. If you're not a part of the family of God, you got to believe that Jesus is the son of the living God. Have a change of mind, we call it repentance, saying no to sin, yes to God, no to my way, yes to God's way. Be willing to, to, to confess your belief. Once you've heard the word of God, repentance is saying no to your way. Confession really is not just saying I believe that Jesus, the son of the living God, is declaring actually that Jesus is my curios. He's my Lord and my Savior. My Savior means he saves my soul. He's also my Lord. What does that mean? Calling Jesus Lord. Lord means it's your curios. He's the one that tells you what to do, where to do, why to do, and how to do it. And once you make the great confession, you decided to die. And we bury you. We'll bury you immediately in the water grave of baptism. You can rise to walk in a brand new life. All things can be done, become new. You ain't worried about death. You're not worried about nothing. But please the one who's blessed you. My challenge to you, let God bless you, let him hold you, let him give you strength. Don't fear death. May God bless you. May God give you strength. May God give you peace. Be blessed. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. When
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my co-hosts, Clay Phillips and Stanley Hubbard, for doing an outstanding job this evening in that proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. I really appreciate my co-hosts who uh, make their effort each week on this broadcast, proclaiming the Word of God. And I am just so, I just love just sitting here just listening to these brothers preach the, the Word of God, and it's just so fulfilling uh, on my part as well. And I also want to thank my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman. He answered that question regarding slavery. Great lesson that he gave. Great answer to that question as well. Know your history, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing wrong with understanding world history and what has happened in this world. And I also want to thank everyone for tuning in to this broadcast on social media as well as through Blog Talk Radio. Certainly appreciate you listening in each week on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my prayer that the lessons and the things that were taught on this broadcast have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord's strength because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light radio show. On behalf of my co-host, we really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve Rob Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light radio show.
listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.